The title of today's message is Taking Care of Business. All right, all right. Welcome home. Welcome home. A uh, couple, uh, couple of housekeeping things real quick. Uh, there is no children's church today. We want everybody with us. Uh, the folks who were teaching up there, we need them with, with us. So uh, Jan has made some coloring sheets for, uh, for the young ones. If you didn't get one, she's got some extras. Just raise your hand. We'll make sure you get a few. We got a couple over here. Jan, if, if you don't mind, um, just raise them up high. She'll get to you. Um, great. Thank you for that. Uh, we have uh, college lunch today. Uh, the chefs are uh, Laura and Gary and, and uh, Pam. Uh, can you guys stand? We just want to thank God for you. Come on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We have a couple of holes in here for the rest of the semester. Next week, we got a potluck, but uh, February 14th, we got a hole, March 14th, things like that. So I'm going to send these around. When I get it back, uh, please make sure it's all filled in. So if, uh, if, if you can, that would be great. Uh, show fans, because uh, you're in church, there's like no lying. That would be a bad thing. Uh, who knew that it was like business? It was, it was an annual business meeting week, so you were hoping to like come for the service and like scoot out because you want to catch the Jets and the Colts at 1 o'clock. And scoot out before the business meeting. Hands up. Come on. Yeah. 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 Well, you're busted because uh, we're going to do something we've never done before. Uh, we're going to do the annual business meeting as the message. Uh, so you're trapped. Don't, <laughs> don't go for a donut now because people will know you're bugging out. Um, uh, normal churches don't do this, but we don't have any desire to be a normal church. We want to be a church that Jesus uses in mighty ways uh, to spread his love and his grace uh, throughout the valley and the college and beyond. And so uh, that's our passion. We're going to have a great time. If you're visiting this morning, you get to find out what we're all about, what makes this place tick. And, and why we hope you'll want to be a part of it. So great to see so many of you out here. I know real estate is, is a little bit of a problem. Uh, they say that when you get to 80%, it's time to add another service. So we're, we're hearing you. Don't stop coming. We're, we're going to take care of you. Um, this is great. Uh, one of the things that we got to do, even though this is the, the annual business meeting, is we got to teach the Bible. We got to talk about Jesus. That's what we do here. Uh, so, 2 Timothy 4, that's where you want to turn if you have your Bibles with you. If not, check under the seat in front of you. Uh, very likely there's one uh, there. Uh, take that, use that during the service. If you'd like that, if you need one, take that with you. We constantly order more Bibles. They're always going out into the community. That's what we want. So if you need one, that one's yours. It's our gift to you. Uh, while you're turning there, there are lots of reasons why people preach, why people do this church thing, why people do ministry. There are lots of reasons why people come to church or don't come to church or choose a specific church or, an, of an, or another one. So in this passage, in the letter that Paul is writing to Timothy, um, 
he lays out some of God's instructions and guidelines and encouragement and, and warnings that we do this and we do this right because this is God's stuff and, and we want to please him. And so uh, we're going to take a look at how he tells us to take care of business. And then we're going to tell you uh, how we've been doing, uh, how we feel led that God is calling us to move forward. Uh, and it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And this all ties within taking care of business of the church. And the first part is what God lays out uh, to me primarily and to Matt as another pastor and preacher and to the church staff and leadership. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll pick it up in verse 1. Here it goes. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Okay, stop there. Now, if there is any doubt, God has stacked up. He has raised the stakes to incredible levels that this is so very important. We see him saying, I charge you, which means this is, this is upon us. This is upon us. This is the mantle he has called us to wear, to carry, to be blessedly burdened by. He stacks up the Trinity, okay? The presence, the presence is the Holy Spirit, God, God the Father, and Christ Jesus. So I charge you in the entirety of the weight and the holiness of the Trinity, the judge that is Jesus of the living and the dead by his appearing, by his incarnation, by his return, and by his everlasting kingdom, I'm not playing around. That's what he's saying. He's talking to us. He's talking to the leaders. He's talking to the preachers. He's talking to the elders. He says, this is what it's about. Just in case you thought we were, were, were playing around, Here's what he's about to unpack. Here's what he charges us with. Verse 2. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the Bible. Preach God's word. Now, one thing you can always count on here at Bethany is we're not going to teach you pop psychology. We're not going to teach you our opinions. We're going to go into God's word. It's important that we preach the Bible and we preach Christ in all of Scripture. Why? Because he is the Word made flesh. So whether we're in the Old Testament, whether we're in the New Testament, the topic is Jesus Christ. The topic is Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is pointing forward to him. The New Testament is pointing to him, whether it's his incarnation, whether it's his return, whether it's his work as a creator God, as a redeemer God, as the rescuing God. It is all about Jesus. We had a lady who was here. Um, she had been attending a couple of weeks. And, and we just like to follow up and say, how's it going for you? What, what are your impressions? What are you? And she said, well, I, you know, I kind of like it, but you seem obsessed with the Bible and with Jesus. Okay, well, she got it. She got it because um, we spend our weeks kind of in a world that God has made beautiful and good and people, young men, women, 
children that he has designed for his glory and their joy, and we get out of joint. The world is out of joint with the way that he's programmed it and, 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 and rhythmically fashioned it to work, and in his word and in his cross and in his resurrection and in his spirit, we get to line things up again for his glory and for our joy and for our life. And so, yes, he charges us to preach the word. That's what you're going to get. Uh, it says, be ready in season and out of season. Um, as Matt Chandler says, it's usually out of season. It's usually out of season. That means you preach the word whether you feel like it, whether you don't feel like it, like whether you think people are ready for it, whether you think people are not ready for it, you just bring it. Just bring it. And, and you do it. And so he, he says we do this to reprove, to to point out the right way, God's way, because it's always, every command is to not, God has, has gotten a bad rap, and his commandments and his word have gotten a bad rap that he is trying to rob us of joy, that he's trying to rob us of life, that he's trying to find out who is joyful and put a stop to it. It is completely the opposite. Everything that God has lined out is for you and for me to line up in Christ with his way of doing things so that we might have life and have it abundantly in him. So that we might be set free from all the things that hold us captive and be free in him. And so we reprove, we convict, we we. we Ask him to show us how to do right. It says rebuke, which that's when we yell. Uh, That's when we yell at you. Um, And it's out of love. And exhort, encourage, bless, love. Keep out there the picture of, of the life that we've yet to lay hold of. Okay? And we do that. Rebuke, reprove, exhort with complete patience and teaching and, and, and forgive me uh, for my lack of patience. God is working on me. We are repentant teachers. We are going to get it wrong. But just as he lays out for all his people and those who are checking him out, hoping that they will become his people because he wants to extend this life, extend this blessing, extend his mercy to all peoples everywhere, that we're going to get it wrong. And, and, and so I ask for your forgiveness for the times when that happens and we will be a repentant church so that we can be broken before him and filled with him and built up in him. And, and we appreciate that. Um, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Jump up to the, the end of the previous chapter, 2 Timothy 3, picking up in verse 15. Why, why is the word so important? It says, you know, from childhood, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. That's the scripture. That's the word of God, which are able to make you wise for salvation. And we said salvation is here. Salvation is here. God doesn't only want to save us eternally from his wrath. He wants to save us here and now from everything that keeps us from living the life that he has created us to live. To all of his glory, all of his joy, all of his blessing, and the blessing that we can pour out into others. All of it. Wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That is it. It is not about our own abilities. It is not about our own faithfulness. It is about his faithfulness as our substitute 
on the cross for our sins, rising for our salvation. So if you think you're too jacked up to be in church, you're not. Because you're with people like yourself. Like yourself. And we want to get honest and we want to go together. Go together to the cross. That's the gospel. And we keep going. And we keep going. And through progressive sanctification, every day, every hour, every month, every year, he's, he's chipping away. He's rebuilding us. He's pouring his new life into us. He's making us more like his son. That's the plan. And we look at all the people around you. We don't go through anything alone. He not only gives us himself, he gives us himself in each other. So every joy, every sorrow, every struggle, every addiction, every pain, every, every bankruptcy, we go through together. Together. When we are the true church, there is nobody who will have an unmet need because he will pour his abundant, overflowing blessing into somebody else to pour into. We're going to go there. We're becoming that. And so that's what he's saying. All, all scripture is breathed out by God. That's why we're in the, that's why we're in the world, with the word. Okay? Because all scripture is God breathing. When you read your Bible at home, when we teach it here, when you, when you pray scripture, it's God breathing his life into you in the same way that he created Adam and he breathed into him and he became a living being. When God breathes into you, when he breathes through his word, you become living in a way that, that, that you never imagined you could live. And so we're in the word. It said it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. We've been there. For training in righteousness that the man, the woman of God, might be competent, and equipped for every good work. Here's what that is. Every good thing, every good thing with your family, in your work, with your finances, in your relationships, everything. Every good work that you will do has its root in God's will, has its root in the scriptures. So to unleash all of this good things, we are in the word. We are in the word. Okay, so that's what God, that's the mantle God lays on Matt, on me, on the church leadership. That's it. Now, we're going to come back to that in just a second. What? Here's what he lays on you. Why do you come or not come or choose one church over another? What are you looking for? Here we go. Verse uh, 3. For the time is coming. We're in chapter 4 again. For the time is coming. I will tell you it is already here. It is already here. When people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, don't get me wrong. The people that, that Paul is writing about, that God is talking about here, are spiritual people. They are church people. They are religious people people. And you'll see from what he unpacks for Matt and for me in the church leadership, it is very God-centered, gospel-centered, cross-centered. And this is very different. This is me-centered. This is self-centered. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. I know what I care about. I want to go somewhere 
where somebody's going to talk about me and what I care about. Well, the process of conversion is that we sacrifice all of our cares and say, Jesus, I want to only care about that which you care about. And so as we learn about what he cares about, our hearts start to beat in a way that they never beat before because we're lining ourselves up with the creator of the universe. And he loves us and has a plan for us. And this kind of person says, mm, not so much. Uh, I, I, I want to know what, what I want to know. Um, they want their own brand of spirituality, their own brand of religion that fits them best, and they will shop for it until they find it. They want religion and not relationship. What are the signs? Verse 3 says, they will not endure sound teaching. They don't really want the word. They don't really want the word. They don't want the Bible preached with power and authority. Not the authority of us, but the authority of God having written it to them as if they were the only person on earth and yet were called into community. So we don't want that. Some of us don't want that. We don't want the Jesus in the word that is truly King of kings and Lord of lords that we have to submit every single area of our life to. What we really want is not Jesus Lord of all, Jesus glorified and exalted, Jesus King, Redeemer, Savior, Friend, Hero. What some of us want, the Bible says, is Jesus Life Coach. You know, I want, I want happiness, I want rather than joy, I want my best life now, I want a promotion, I want a lot of money, I want a hot car and a hot woman and good health and, and, and an easy life. And if Jesus can get me that, then I'll take him too. And, and can't you just picture Jesus? Oh, lucky me. Lucky me. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. So I would call those the mildly religious people. Now, there are other people out there who I would call the seriously staunch religious people who want the re religion, who want the word that they've grown up with a traditional way. There's nothing wrong with tradition. But don't get so married to the way that we've responded to the word of God in the past. Because God is always calling us to a deeper love relationship deeper love relationship, and that doesn't require, people don't want something that's going to require continual change, continual repentance, continual brokenness, so that we continue to go to the cross, so we continue to be filled, so that we continue to live the life, because if you're, that he's called us to live, because if we're really honest, a lot of people who are talking about faithful life and abundant Life talk a lot about it, but we don't see a lot of evidence of it. So um, there are people who sort of want the word. They want to hear the Bible. They want to learn from the Bible. They even want to memorize the Bible. But if it's calling them to respond in radical, life-altering, immediately, initially uncomfortable ways, not so much. Not so much wanting that. 
not if it's going to call them to have to leave the warm, um, very uh, incestuous, if you will, creepy Christian subculture and go out and love the people who are exactly the opposite from what God is calling us to be who need Jesus the most, whom Jesus loved. And, and so the, they don't want that. They are more concerned with being a church that allows them to feel morally superior than a church that Jesus actually uses to save the world. And, and, and that's, that's what he's warning us for. And some people don't want it if it means that we're going to have to come to grips with the secret places in ourselves um, that make us all train wrecks of one kind or another and our Savior at the same time that are going to cause us to go down deep to the roots of everything that we feel and we say and do and fear and submit ourselves to and get crooked and broken and wrong because that would mean that we're more broken than we've ever feared. But there is comfort in that, in that Jesus is more merciful than we've ever dreamed, and we are more loved than we have ever imagined. And he has given us his word and his spirit and each other to help us live and unpack the gospel. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. So I've talked about the mildly religious talked about the staunchly religious, and I don't, I really don't know that that's the most common. As I prayed over this passage, um, I believe that the most common, um, the most common thing is that um, there are many people who do not want to come to grips with the fact that following Jesus and, and, and being the church has a lot more to do with what you and I do and say and give and live and love during the other 166.5 hours in our week than it does about the hour and a half that we spend together lifting up the name of Jesus in song and unpacking his word and learning and responding to it. A lot of people just want their church. Just, just give me my hour hour and a half here. Um, he's in it for your whole life because he doesn't just want to bless and sanctify and change and anoint an hour and a half, but every moment of every day. Following Jesus is about that. And if you want, if you want an hour, if you want an hour and a half, you're going to be happier somewhere else because God is calling us to be full out wrecked and, and open so that he can transform every area of our lives. Um, how we do family, how we do friendships, how we do work, how we do money, how we do addictions, how we do everything. Okay. Okay. Verse 5 goes back to Matt and me and the church leadership. As for you, always be sober-minded. That doesn't mean just don't preach drunk. What it means is, we do that. We, we do that. This is Diet Coke. Straight. Here's Diet Coke. 
It means take it seriously. Now, we love to laugh a lot, mainly at ourselves, but don't let that fool you. Um, we take this more seriously than anything in the world because Jesus and his plan and his kingdom and his people and eternal destinies and, and your joy hangs in the balance. So be sober-minded. Endure suffering. What does that mean? That means that not everybody wants this. And people will send you emails. And people will leave letters for you saying that you've hurt them deeply because you've pleaded with them to be repentant. And they don't think that there's anything to repent of. And until we're on the other side of glory, um, if you're anything like me, there's a longer list of things we need to be healed of and set free from than you'd care to share. Um, and some people won't like that. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist, which means that your heart will not truly rest until everyone knows how much Jesus loves them, until they know that nothing they have done disqualifies them for the mercy and the grace of our Lord and Savior, that, that they can come. His passion, his heart is to not just have the people who come together on Sunday morning be blessed by this, but everyone, regardless, regardless of how offensive we may think their lives are, because when we stand together before a holy God, none of us, without his sacrifice, is acceptable without his mercy. Amen. This is not about cleaning up the outside. We sang about it from the inside out. So this church, you're not a laundry list of do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. God will love you if you do this. God won't love you if you don't do this. God loves you. We all need to walk together to the cross continually. Continually. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to talk to you about. Um, lead people into an ever-deepening love relationship with Jesus, one that's not about a set of rules, but about a relationship. Um, and that we as a church, as church leaders, need to model repentance, need to model brokenness, because only when we go there, to those uncomfortable places, only when we go there do we meet Christ versus some kind of Jesus that um, has this moral hierarchy and his main message is do better. No, it's not do better. It's do me. Let me do better in you. Let me heal you. Let me live my life through you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do, um, tell you how um, we have done that, how we're trying to do that, how God has led us to do that. Um, my main responsibility is here because I have a full-time job at the college, um, at work at the foundation. Um, my responsibilities here are mainly preaching and teaching and setting the vision for the church. So I want to tell you, share with you where we went this year on the preaching schedule. Um, and so I'm going to read through that rather quickly, and you're going to have a chance to see some of Ryan Wright's 
killer graphics that he's done for us, and they'll look uh, very familiar to you. Um, at Bethany, we're committed to preaching the Bible expositionally. Now, that's a big word that means uh, verse by verse, sometimes word by word, um, and preaching Jesus in all of Scripture, Old Testament and New, in a gospel-centered, cross-focused, practical, relevant, and uncompromising way that calls for radical response, repentance, and new life from believers and non-believers alike that will lead to spirit-filled, transformed hearts and lives and missional living, which means we go out to let people know by the way that we live, by the way that we love, by the way that we sacrifice, by the way that we serve, how much God loves them and, and, and invite them into that relationship. Reading quickly, in January of 2009, we started off with a series called, What If Jesus Really Meant It? Now, contrary to having itching ears, we went into the hardest teachings, some of the hardest teachings of Jesus. For three weeks, we said, what are those things that if nobody was looking and if, if we could get away with it in our own privacy, we would rip out of the Bible because they're way too tricky. We wanted to go there. So we said, what if Jesus really meant it? What if he meant it when he said in Luke 9.23, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. What if Jesus really meant it when he said, if anyone would come after me, whatever you've done and not done to the least of these, you've done or not done unto me. What if he really meant it when he said that? What if he really meant it when he said in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's scary stuff. That's stuff that we need to deal with and unpack. In February, we had a lot of fun. We did four weeks in our Man Up series. We ate a lot of thick-cut hickory-smoked bacon, which is good. And as our blood slowed down, our hearts were revved up. And we did that. We did men as warriors fighting the good fight of faith for Jesus, for our wives or future wives, for our children, for uh, those who are weak. We did When a Man Loves a Woman. We did that two weeks. Maybe the greatest mantle that God lays on men to love your wife or your future wife as Christ loved the church. And then we also did men as fathers. What do men as fathers do? We love our kids. We take everything that's good and blessed and fun, and we point it back to its origin, which is Jesus. And then we reflect for them the love and the acceptance and the way and the encouragement of God, their heavenly Father. And if we don't do that, they start looking for it in ways that are destructive. And you know this. And so we did that. And then we did uh, March we, we launched a verse-by-verse -verse study into Acts, Acts to be continued. And it's still being continued, as many of you know. In, um, in 2009, we went from Acts 1, the first message, to 24. And we've only covered nine chapters, and there's a lot of them. Okay, so stay with us. We don't want to miss anything that God has for us. Um, and uh, in April... Uh, we, we stayed in Acts. We did a Good Friday sermon. Matt did that. We did Lifeline the fall. And in May, we were back in Acts. We did the Bully Beatdown and Holy Spirit Unleashed. Now, the Bully Beatdown is Jesus beating down our enemies of, of Satan, sin, and death, and how we live in this, how we can live in this victory and see him conquer these foes in our everyday lives. 
In June, we did two weeks on no other name, the fact that Jesus is the one and only way. It's a very difficult thing that not a lot of people want to go there. All roads don't eventually lead home. He is the only God, the only Savior, the only Redeemer, hero uh, of all creation. And, um, and we, we unpacked that. He lived our life. He died our death so that we could live in and through him now and for all eternity. In July, we did a series called Flow, talking about money. Why do we talk about money? Because Jesus talked about it all the time. Because you can look at somebody's checkbook or online balance, and you can find a lot about how they feel about God and other people by the way that we spend our money. So we looked at that. We did uh, all kinds of things from budgeting to escaping debt to living open-handed in a closed-handed world to escaping the trap of greed. We use the biblical principles found in Dave Ramsey's Total Money Management. I think we still have some of those books. You might ask for that. In August, we were back in Acts talking about Jesus choosing losers. That includes me, that he doesn't choose the best and the brightest. He chooses people like you and me who are broken so that when he does the miraculous through us, when he does that, no one else could take credit for him but him. In September, we launched a, a, a great uh, welcome back for the college students. We were in Taylor Hall, the beginning of our Imagine series. We imagined freedom and salvation and belonging and relationships and the cross. And we asked to stretch our imaginations to the nth degree about how beautiful this could be. And then we found out in the Word of God that the reality is even better. It's even better. Uh, in October, we, were, uh, we started in September an 8 p.m. service, which Matt preaches. In October, we were back in Acts. We did two weeks on Your Suffering Has Meaning. In November, we were in Acts. We did one special message on what kind of dirt are you. We looked at the parable of the sower. You remember that as a time when we each had those colored marshmallows? You might remember how Alita pegged me and assaulted me with those while I preached. Not very godly, right? But I forgave her. That's the gospel. It's what we do. God bless you. I love you. Yeah. Um, then we did a one special day event called Act Like Men. We had more than 100 men come together. We had speakers from three local churches that were here. Um, and, and guests from an MMA ministry in Portland, seven messages on this key verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Men, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And in December, we did four weeks of a Christmas series called Ornaments, things that can either draw us to or draw us away from experiencing a deeper more meaningful Christmas, a deeper experience of Jesus Christ. We did gifts, we did lights, we did the nativity scene, and we also did Jesus. Is he an ornament in your life, or is he your life? Now, uh, any of these messages, if they caught your ear, every single one of them is available for free on the Bethany website www.gunnisonbethany.com. It is also on iTunes. There's a link for that there. And you can uh, listen to them thanks to Ryan Wright, and we appreciate you. During those messages, you ate 2,496 donuts, 11 pounds of thick-cut bacon, and drank approximately 
2,600 cups of coffee and tea. And through it all, through it all, I'm winding on my part. Through it all, we saw God work in wonderful ways. We saw lives change, missionaries called, men and women receive the call for full-time ministry, people delivered from habitual sin, hearts softened, the poor assisted, the weak strengthened, the lonely befriended, troubled people counseled and encouraged, addictions broken, marriages strengthened, hearts transformed. You bought a new baptistry, and that was money well spent because, praise God, we had 37 baptisms in this church last year alone. 28 People gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ for the very first time in this church by the power of God for his glory. <laughs> Countless rededications, and you gave nearly a quarter million dollars to enable that ministry in addition to more than $30,000 for a dear widow who is part of our body who is losing hope. And if you want to see what that looks like, everything that I've just described that God has done, if it affected you, if you were in that list, if God did something like that in your life by his spirit through the ministry of this church, I'd ask you to stand. If you were baptized, if you were healed, if you were set free in any way, if you were drawn to closer, that's what it looks like. That's the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> and in 2010, by God's grace, we're going to find out that he's only scratching the surface. Only scratching the surface. We're going to see more lives transformed, more hearts renewed, more healing, more marriages restored, more relationships healed, more redemption. And we're going to see his purpose for us as a church come to life in new ways, powerful ways. Here it is. I ask you to sit up, clear your throats, and say it with me. Here's our purpose. To be a... There you go. To be a growing, relevant family of missionaries who desire to see Western and Gunnison know Jesus Christ. Amen. And to that end, God has given Matt and I a, a preview of some of the great and powerful things he's planned for Bethany this year for the first quarter alone. We're going to be in Acts Messages on friendship, healing, God's plan for the nations, a special Valentine's message on sex and relationships, and a worship Sunday that is going to knock your socks off, not only in music, but worship in every area of our lives. And we got plans for our, uh, a series called Speak Life, the most important things we will ever say to God and to each other and how he's calling us to say them and to live them. We've got an Easter triduum called Quo Vadis, which means where are you going? We're going to reenact the Last Supper on Maundy Thursday. We're going to have a powerful Easter message on Good Friday about the suffering of Christ for us, in us, for our healing. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to have a grand and glorious celebration of what it means to live in the light of the empty tomb and the resurrection and everything that's dead about us coming back to life in a new and transformed way. I want to thank God. I want to thank you. I want to pray, Lord, come. Lord, come. Flow through your Holy Spirit, through the power of your word. Lord, help us be broken before you so that we might be healed and forgiven and free. 
Lord, transform lives and don't just leave it for the people who come together in this place on Sunday, but for all in this valley, all in the college. Let us see you glorified for your fame and for people's joy and new life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to turn it over to our uh, elder uh, moderator, Roy Craner. Please welcome him. He's going to take it from here. God bless you, and thank you. I guess Tom will share this thing with me. If not, we're just going to spin it and just throw notes everywhere. Anyway, it's good to be here this morning. It's good to see everyone here. Got to use this. Oh, this thing, I'm sorry. I'm just not used to one of these things. Anyway, like I said, it's good to see everyone here. And you know what I like is all to do to begin with is just to stand up a minute. You've been sitting there long enough, and this thing isn't done quite yet. So take it, stand up, and stretch a minute, and we'll just sit back down in a minute and get going here. But, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about being a Christian is... Recently, uh, a friend of mine died, and his funeral was the day after Christmas. But he, Scott knew Jesus. And you know one of the things during the thing, um, and everybody's about halfway asleep during that thing, and you know what? I won't do it here this morning because I might get blown out of here. But I let loose with this big whoopee before we even started. And the neat thing about it is, is Jesus is alive and he's well and uh, before opening prayer, Tom said that Jesus came to give us life and have life more abundantly. It's not necessarily always, quote, fun or easy. But, you know, I've been walking with Jesus now for 39 years. I came to know Christ, and I really met him first when I was 20 years old, a college student. Best years of my life. And I want you to know that it has been a wonderful life. And as Tom has mentioned earlier, we, have, uh, we are a growing church and it's a wonderful thing. So at this time, I'm going to go to prayer, and then we'll move forward. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We want to praise you. We want to worship you. And Father, this morning, we do pray your Holy Spirit would reach down here. Lord, you, we want you to be in charge here this day. We want you to be speaking. We want you to be present here. And we want you to work in each of our hearts and help us to see how we can reach out to our friends, our neighbors, our community, people we don't know. And we want to invite your Holy Spirit to do that in our lives. We invite your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and to change us from the inside out. And Father, I am so thankful. You said that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and righteous to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I am so thankful because even though we're Christians and even though we came to know you, we're still in a growth process. And I want to say thank you so much for your forgiveness on a regular basis. And I want to thank you for your encouragement. And Father, as we proceed from here, we just invite your Holy Spirit, like I said, to be here. And may all we do and say, bring honor and glory to you and point to you. That's the thing we pray for. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> At this time, I'd like to uh, have Ryan Wright come up and uh, give what he's done and what he's doing. And I also want to thank you for what you are doing. And uh, later on, I'll give a report of what we've been doing as elders at the end of the same. But here you are, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. 
Um, for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm Ryan. Um, I came on staff here at Bethany uh, beginning in February, and um, my title would be graphic arts slash technical intern. And what that basically means is I take care of most everything you see up there, and then along with uh, maintaining and updating websites, um, any advertisements, just general graphic things like that. Um, one thing I do want to highlight is our website. Um, in May, um, May 12th, we switched over. We were doing a uh, company with who did our website called Church Webworks. Uh, on May 12th, we switched over to a site called uh, Clover. Um, they've done a phenomenal job with all their support. If you haven't visited the website, actually, I was, was going to do a show of hands, but I won't do that. So, um, If you haven't visited the website, you can see Ryan McBride's awesome photo on there under the staff photos. So um, that is a treasure to behold. But I just want to run down a few stats real fast. Um, um, during From May 12th to December 31st, these are some stats we pulled from the website. We had... 2,500 visits, uh, 20,000 page views, um, average time span on the site, about six minutes. We had visitors from 45, uh, 45 states, 24 countries, um, and some of the most commonly viewed pages were our sermons, and that is the main reason we have a website to begin with. Um, and there, there's, if you want a report I create, there's about 50 of them, um, feel free to pick one up, but in 2010, we look forward to doing a lot more things. Um, we really are going to try making a push for um, just doing a lot more, having a lot of more in interaction with all of you guys um, through the web, kind of pointing towards websites. Um, right now, if you haven't filled out the design for sheets, um, there's a link on our website under the Ministries tab. Uh, it says Design For. It'll be a form. You can fill it out. Be a great help so we can get you plugged into uh, Discipleship and also our Deacon Ministry. Um, as I guess going forward, um, look forward to con continuing to serve here. And I thank you for all your guys' support. And if you have any any comments, critiques, um, concerns, or anything, um, voice them to Matt. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I'm done. So, thank you very much, guys. This time, Bistro, where are you at? Oh, <laughs> looking too far, wasn't I? Surely. Um, howdy. So I'm the officially middle school youth intern. I work with high school as well, but I love those middle schoolers. <laughs> so what we did this um, this last semester was super cool. We went through um, the armor of God in Ephesians six. And in order to do that, we had to emulate an epic battle. So we had Pirates vs. Ninjas theme all last semester, and we had kids coming, and they were once a pirate, always a pirate, or once a ninja, always a ninja. And um, I was partial to the ninjas. Unfortunately, at the end of the semester, we totally lost. <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> the pirates killed us. But... Um, so that was a lot of fun, learning about the armor of God and what it looks like in this spiritual battle. And it's so cool to be able to get kids as young as in middle school to understand that this life is a battle and it's not against flesh and blood. And so it's so cool that we get to be on God's side because God ultimately wins. And it's so cool to be able to share that with these middle schoolers. Um, also with high school, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's why I work with youth. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, I've had the opportunity to hang out one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a couple girls, and I love that. It's been such a sweet opportunity because, man, in high school, you go through so much stuff, and I'm sure you guys know if you've been there, like, man, that place is rugged. Like, there's so many things to break down your faith and to break down your hope. And it's such an awesome experience for me to be able to encourage these girls that I get to hang out with. And also, just when we hang out um, at Awakening or now Roots, which is something that um, uh, community church is putting on, and it's more of an outreach focus. I love that. It's so fun just to hang out with kids and invite more high schoolers, and that's a really great opportunity as well. So just hanging out with high schoolers is super fun. And speaking of high schoolers, um, we're going to Costa Rica this summer. And I'm super, super excited about that. It's going to be such a great opportunity to go to see God and what he's doing in another country. And we're going to be working with, um, man, places in, of poverty in San Jose in the capital of Costa Rica and also work with homeless people. And it's going to be such a great experience. We're going through YWAM, and um, I've done five months with YWAM and then just went and volunteered with them last summer. And I love YWAM, and I'm so excited that we get to work with them this summer. So for those of you going to Costa Rica, it's going to be mind-blowing. We're going to get to know God so much more. So thank you guys for supporting them because I'm sure you're going to. And you'll learn about it later. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bistro. I love the enthusiasm of youth, so thanks you very much. Ryan, you're up next. We thank you for his leadership and his music. And we're slowly getting to know Ryan and Elise. And it's wonderful to have you here. I want you to know that. Thank you, Roy. Where's my wife? There she is. She's hot. Go ahead and stand up real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, she's not stand up. She's pregnant again, um, by the way. So we got another one on the way. Three. I feel old. That's cool. Me and Matt both. Our kids are going to be friends, maybe. So. Um, <clears throat> Hey, this is exciting. This is, uh, I just, just passed my uh, six-month mark here on staff. Came on at the beginning of July, and um, this is our first uh, business meeting here. And so, super exciting, um, and it's important because this is vision casting. This is, we're going forward, and so all of these things um, are important and pertain. So, um, when, when I first initially met with, uh, when I came on, the few people that we did have on the worship team plugged in, uh, we sat down and talked, and I kind of outlined three areas that I wanted to see growth in. Um, and the first one was obviously a spiritual growth through um, what we do. And if what we do is just stays on stage, then we fail. And so um, we've seen that. We've seen growth, and we've seen people plug in and take ownership and do things um, off stage and um, be involved and give towards different ministries and different needs um, specific to the worship team. And so that was um, that's really cool. The second area was um, to grow in our ability, and I think that we're getting there. Um, it takes time for musicians and lefty, left brain artsy people to kind of gel. And so we're starting to get there and it's good. And so we'll just continue hopefully to see that, um, get better and better and not just so that we can be like, Oh, look how good we are, but for God's glory, because we want to give him our absolute best and not any leftovers at all. So, um, and then the third area was to grow, um, in numbers and, um, it was my prayer that eventually we would see people kind of come out of the woodworks that, oh, I used to play when I was in high school, and I'm an old rocker, or I'm just learning, or whatever, and we've seen that. We've now got three teams that are on rotation, three full teams, um, and so it's really awesome. We still need people. I didn't, I didn't want to get into a sales pitch, but we still, we're always looking for musicians. If you sing, if you play, uh, mainly, you know, um, 
man, one of these band instruments or anything, really, um, we can use you. So come talk to me, please, because um, the common misconception is, oh, well, they're set. They got enough people. Uh, they don't need me, but that's not true. We do. So, um, Also with tech, if you, can, if you have a pulse and you can push a space bar, we can use you. So <laughs> rock on. Um, we, hope to, we hope to continue um, growing in all of these areas. We hope we get more people um, and, and draw more in. We hope that we grow mainly, again, spiritually through this um, and can do this off stage. So that's where we're at. That's where we're going. And you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your love and support. And um, you guys are cool. So. This time we're going to have Paul Jacobs come up and give us a trustee's report. And, and uh, Matt. Well, now, where's that at? Oh, Matt. Yeah, yep. I guess Matt gets a treat there. <laughs> Matt, I want you to, I appreciate Matt that I know that uh, we've been on the elder board together. And you know what? Um, he's had to put up with me. And you know what? He, he's, I've had to put up with him. But you know what? <laughs> That's the thing I love about the Lord is he's got a lot of, he, I think he sends people together like this just so we, he's got a sense of humor, don't you think? I'm fully convinced he is, but it's wonderful. I want you to know that. And God's at work, and I appreciate Matt, so here he is. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the administrative pastor. Um, was anybody else really scared when we were asked to stand up and stretch? Because you're like, oh my gosh, how long am I going to be here? Just... <laughs> Don't worry, we're almost, we're almost through. Um, and I, I wanted to take this point real quick before I give my report, just to let you know that this is important. If you're sitting here right now and you're going, this doesn't pertain to me, you couldn't be any more wrong. You couldn't be any more wrong. Everything we're talking about here is, is actually for you to help you advance the kingdom of God. Um, so, so just know that. If you're sitting here like this, man, I chose the wrong Sunday to bring a friend. You just stumbled into a family meeting. That's all. You're just getting a little, you're just getting a little sneak peek. So, so, so don't worry about that. But I want to just report briefly because you're going to hear more about what I did. This meeting is my job, basically. But what we're going through right now, so if you really hate it, right here, you, you can throw something at me later or yell at me. But this is what, what, what we do. And I wanted to report that we have seen things happen this year. And, and I want to be the first to admit from, from my department, the administ administration, when I came on, when I got hired as this, um, you guys are nuts to hire me. I mean, it, it, I, I thank you for it so much, but you hired at the, at, at the start a 23-year-old pastor with zero experience. Um, and, and, and maybe, yeah, because you knew you could pay me very little at first. And, and <laughs> that's it's okay, but, um, but you, I've grown, and I'm 26 now, and I'm the administrative pastor in a church. There's not many places, church-wise, that would, would have the confidence in the direction that Thomas set to help me run that. And one of the biggest things we saw was, it's okay, one of the biggest things we saw was this. When we came on, we saw the need for communication. We saw that the communication lines in this church, in a sense, were failing, and, and part of that was on, was on people like me. And so in this last year, our pri pri my primary goal was to open up lines of communication with the pastoral staff, with the elders, to make us more visible. That's exactly why we're doing this meeting right here, right now, in the service. So you'll know who we are. You'll know where we're going. We have things like Bethany 101 where you can go through it and you can get plugged in. And I am talking to you if you're under the age of 25. It's not an excuse just to come and sit. You get to get plugged in as well. You don't just get to eat our food and not do anything, all right? I'll call you out on that. 
But older generation, older people, people that, that are married, people that have kids, people that have grandkids, we need you too. You need to understand that. That the church is multi-generational. The way that these young people learn and grow, because my, what's my other area, main area, is youth ministry. Right now, I have a lack of people to mentor college students. I have about 17 college students who I am not currently able to place with somebody to d- disciple them. If you were sitting here and you're, and, and, and you're older and you're saying, I, I don't have a place, you couldn't be any more wrong. So that's my main thing that I want to share with you, that from, from my area, we need you, all generations, speaking to everybody. And in this last year, we've seen that increase. We've seen people, I, I think of Deb Bergman and Kat are now together in a discipleship program, right? I, I think of all the small groups that I lead. And so, in, and I oversee youth ministry, and I'll just have you know I was a pirate and we beat the trash out of the ninjas this year. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm with all of them. And, and I, I get this, I have... 8 to 12 middle school boys showing up at 7.15 in the morning on a school morning before school to go to small group. We have a girl small group that does the same thing. If middle schoolers can do it, I think you can do it. If they can wake up, if they can serve, if they can do things, you can do it. We're seeing church cooperation in youth ministry this year that we've never seen. We're still working with community. It looks a little different this year, but I just was recently approached. We were starting on the 31st. New, New Songs Youth Group is joining ours, middle school through high school. There's three churches in the valley now that are all doing the same youth ministry together. That's a great thing. That's a great thing, and we're getting to oversee it, and people are trusting Bistro and I. Full church is saying, here's our kids. You guys are doing a great job. We want to be part of that. That's a good thing. So we're really excited about all the areas we're going. I wanted to just share youth ministry is going. Travis is going. Um, I'm just joking. (laughs) I had to do it. (laughs) Um, But my my main job this year is to open lines of communication. We are approachable, and we hope you feel that way this year. That's why we're doing this right here, right now. So just know that, and we've worked together in great ways. You're going to hear more about that here in a second. So we love you guys more than you know. Um, I'm going to hand it back over to Roy, because you know me. I'll talk all day. It's Tom and I's complex. We can't explain it. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) Along those lines, though, I think it's important, and it's exciting to me, is the fact that this church was started about 30 years ago by a group of men and women in their 30s and their 40s because they saw a need. And to see where we went from uh, setting up chairs in the middle school and taking them down every Sunday to where we're at today, God has blessed this church a bunch. And I'm real thankful for those men and women who had the vision to start the church. And so I'm thankful for them. Um, at this time, I know that we are starting, we're making a few amendments to the Constitution because we feel like some of them weren't even being used some of the committees and a lot of some of the processes, the Constitution is basically still the same. We haven't changed the statement of faith and a lot of that. It's same, the same Constitution, word for word, for a bulk of it. And so at this time, I'm going to have uh, Josh Pierce um, and Matt Patrick come up and answer any questions on that, and then we'll go from there. Jumped out of order on me again, man. 
It's okay. We'll, we'll get Paul and them All up right. in a minute. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I'll let you kick it off. <laughs> nice guy that you are. Uh, we've seen a lot of great things this year. Um, one thing that we have done is we've gone through uh, 101. I know a lot of you guys have been through it. If you haven't for membership, it's just kind of a great thing to know where we're at and where we're going. Um, one of the biggest changes probably in the, the Constitution is um, we're doing away with a lot of the, uh, let's, let me see if I can, the committees. There it is. Thank you, Matt. Um, when me and my wife came here, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, we wanted to start a youth small group, uh, young married couple small group. And part of the reason it died was probably us, but we approached several people um, about starting it up. And, well, we'll have to get a committee together. And I said, we just want to do a Bible study. <laughs> How do we get a committee together? And nobody could really define that for me. Um, and I didn't pursue it anymore after that because of that. And that's one thing we don't want to see. There are some, some requirements, you know, to teaching in this church. We do call on you to be a, a covenant member instead of a positional member. Um, that was one of the other changes. Um, anybody that calls on the name of Christ, we recognize as a positional member of the body of Christ. Um, we want you here. Um, but we've seen in the past some positional members uh, don't always have the same vision or the same ideology that we do. And if you're wanting to teach my children we want to know what you're about, and we want to know that you're a covenant member, that you agree with the teaching, that you agree with the Bible, and that you've gone through that. Um, that's one of the great things about 101, um, is to just kind of get on board with, with us and where we're going. What other... Uh, we're good? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably the biggest thing is... is uh, He's sweating. I am. I'm, it's hot. <laughs> As most of you know, I usually don't wear sleeves, so this is like a coat for me. Um, <laughs> but getting rid of the committees was one of the biggest things. Um, we are an elder-run church with pastors and elders. Um, I've had the blessing of being, I guess it's a blessing of being called to that this last year. Um, but we want to make it easier for things to happen in the church. We don't want to see um, Bible studies, small groups, things die off because we can't get a, a uh, committee together to get the ball rolling. And I'm going to let Matt go over the rest of it because I really don't. <laughs> it's okay. If you need one, they're, they're on the table back there. We provide them um, according to the Constitution. We have to provide this to you. Um, three weeks ahead of time announced from the pulpit, and we've done that. Um, but there are some amendments in there. Um, the main reason we're doing that, just so you know, we do belong to a conference. It's called the RMBC, the Rocky Mountain Baptist Conference, which has recently changed its name to Converge Rocky Mountain. We won't go there. Um, but uh, basically, what this is, is we had a constitution that was great, and we really owed people who put that together a lot of gratitude. 
It's really what started this church going. It, and it is required. If you're going, a constitution in church, are you kidding me? It's legally, there's certain things we just have to have. And we have to have them in there. But according to our, our conference, when we talked to them, they highly suggested that we update, that there needed to be an updates made. So we worked hand-in-hand hand as elders over a nine-week process with attorneys from our RMBC, Rocky Mountain Baptist Conference, and with our conference director, Paul Mitten, on putting this together. And they've put their stamp of approval on it. We've worked through it. We've gone through numerous drafts. I can't tell you. Like, I don't even know which is the right one to print off half the time on my computer anymore because we've revised it so many times. The main difference you will see in there if you look in there is we put a lot of scripture with everything. We wanted you to know that what we had in there was not something just made up, that we just didn't feel like doing that. Our, our statement of faith is the exact same. The only difference is we added scripture to back it up. We actually think it could be a great study for you. If you took our Constitution home now and you wanted to study it, I feel like you would have a deeper understanding of how God has ordained the church to work. That was the goal. So when we talk about this, if I know people, like if you've been a member for a long time or you've been around church, these kinds of things can be scary. I get it. This whole thing was to serve you better. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear back. Um, when we're done here, we're going to have a time for just members to stick around. We're going to vote on this because it is required to vote to change these things. But uh, we, we, we'd love to hear from you. And that's basically it. So um, I'm done there because I, I know that's really exciting to everybody. Um, but uh, we, we only have a couple more. We have like one more main item, and then we have the strategy, and we'll be done, I promise. So Roy? There's a lot on this thing. At this time, I'm going to have uh, Paul Jacobs and uh, Roy Mass come up, and we want to... I appreciate them. And you know one thing I think it's important. As an older person, and there's an old some of us in here, we don't have it all together. But God's there's an old saying that says, Please be please be patient with us, because God's not finished with us yet. And you know what? That's the way it is with the younger guys in this church. And God has called us as older people to mentor, set the example to the younger people, and that's what we desire to do. And that's my challenge to us until we hit the grave. So, anyway, here you go. All right. I'll start, I guess. I'm Paul Jacobs. I'm a trustee here. Basically, we worked hand-in-hand with uh, the elders and came up with this budget. Um, it's pretty good cut from last year's budget, about $61,000. Um, we didn't really meet last year's budget. Uh, times got tough, but God was still very faithful, and he covered, covered our, our expenses. And he met our needs um, very well. So there's basically four, four uh, uh, breakdowns in the budget. There's missions, there's staff, there's program expenses, and then there's the property expenses. All of those were cut. Um, the deepest cut probably being in the staff. Well, not probably, it is. And um, there were a lot of, there were some sacrifices by, by some of the staff members. Um, so, um, unfortunately, that was, uh, some, that was a tough decision, but there was unity in it, and uh, the staff uh, volunteered graciously to take these, some of these cuts that were, uh, we felt necessary. So, um, we've cut down this budget. If we're faithful like we were this last year, there's no reason we can't make it. We, we um, hit these numbers last year, and should be a very doable budget for, for this church, and we're hoping that we can go over and above beyond and, 
God will just multiply. You know, there's some things we wanted to definitely not have to cut, especially in the missions and some of those things. But, um, you know, if it's there, then we can always give more, right? Good morning, church. How are you? Everybody still awake? You didn't know you were going to stick around for a bean counting session, did you? <laughs> the beans are God's. That's the point we want to make. Um, as a, a church body, uh, as elders and uh, as trustees, first of all, I want to say on behalf of the elders, thank you very much, trustees. Can we get you guys to stand up just briefly? We're not placing blame. We're uh, thanking you. <laughs> It's a tough job to balance the ledger, to, uh, to pray over that, and to uh, seek God's will in a, in a new year. Those of you who are members have had that budget in your hands for a few weeks now. You've been able to pour over it, been able to look at it, and see its content. So uh, Paul uh, talked briefly about how we got there. We worked together as elders and trustees. Uh, much prayer, about nine weeks of invested time to uh, come up with these numbers. So just so you were wondering, it wasn't somebody's uh, thought last night at 1230 to put some numbers on a sheet, <laughs> okay? Uh, you guys are stewards of what God has given you. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when you invest it uh, in, in this work, uh, we want to be good stewards as well, and we want to be accountable. And so we want you to know that. So uh, Paul has also shared uh, that cuts had to be made. Everybody knows that uh, times are pretty tough. And uh, in the midst of those tough times, God is providing great blessing. So we just wanted to let you know that uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate what Ryan McBride says every morning. <clears throat> he encourages us to give beyond ourselves. And uh, I think that uh, that's very Christ-like. So um, any uh, more thoughts about that? Uh, encourage you to share those here in a little bit. But that is the budget. That is what you've had in your hands for about three weeks I uh, just wanted to give you an idea of how we got there, counting the beans. Thank you. At this time, I'm going to have Tom come up and uh, share the vision that's been God laid upon the, our hearts for this year. Mm -hmm. And I just really want to thank you, Tom. And I think the thing, neat thing about it is I've been in this church a long time, and um, God has called Tom, and um, he's not here because it's easy. He's sacrificing his time with his family and a lot of extra things. And um, so we're just praying. We need to be praying for Tom, for Matt, you know. Because uh, like I said, I feel like Tom has been called, and I and we just need to support Jesus Christ and his calling to Tom. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Um, uh, we, we have shared with you what um, I shared with you during the message, what we believe God is calling us to. Um, we put together a strategic plan each year of the things that God has laid on our hearts for next steps. In 2009, we believed they were 101, getting uh, all members or all prospective members through that class. We're going to continue with that. We've had a lot come through. We, we, you got till March. It's essential. It's absolutely essential. If you want to be a covenant member, we got to be on the same page. Um, we wanted to do uh, increases and improvements to our children's program, children's church. That's happened last week. There were 30 young kids, not in the nursery, just upstairs. Um, the plans, you're going to hear about them, are going to explode. We're going to have people, grown people, who are going to try to convince others that they're youth, young children just to 
just to be part of it. It's going to be so incredible. Youth, we had goals in youth. Uh, some significant strides were made there. I would tell you how rare most of the youth who attend Bethany do not attend with their parents. Let that sink in. Most of the youth who attend Bethany come with parental encouragement or support. In most churches, what you find is youth are there because their parents drag them there. Here the youth are dragging their parents, and we praise God for it. So there's more to be done. We got... Okay, and we got small groups. Small groups are exploding. Um, We have... Uh, because it's important, when we, what I unpacked for you, that church is not what we do during the hour and a half, it's two hours today. Okay, but this is all so you don't think I really preach that long. Next week is going to seem so short. Now, uh, we have small groups that are meeting so we can do gospel together in each other's lives because here we don't do the thing of relationship. Yes, uh, we're together and we love each other, but God calls us into gospel community. Do life in its ugliest, most messy, most uncomplicated forms to raise our children together, to go through our breakups and healings and financial hardships and addictions and brokenness together. And we're doing that through small groups and we're going to move forward. Our 2010 strategic plan is to uh, have Bethany 101 really go. We want everybody through it. We're doing it next week. We'll be doing it every month until the end of March. If you want to be a covenant member, you got to go through it. It's, it's a little bit of time, and we'll do child care. We'll do whatever it takes. Um, get through there. We want all current members who have not attended Bethany 101 to attend by March 28th. Uh, We want to see the covenant membership increase this year by 15%. Why? Because God has called us to reach a valley and a world, and we need people who are on board, and we all need to be on the same page. We're going to offer Bethany 101 at least once this every month. We're going to start Bethany 201. What that called is missionality, and and we're also going to touch on gospel community, how we live as missionaries. It's part of our purpose how, how we take the gospel out into our workplaces, into our families, into our friendships, into our dorms, into our college, into, our, into the streets, into the marketplace. We got to do that. So we're going to encourage you to follow up 101 with 201. Covenant members have a better understanding of the needs of the community. We want to serve. We want to bless. We want to fund. We want to heal the unchurched, not just ourselves and improve the positive perception of Bethany so that people have the boldest to come in to church and hear the gospel because they're experiencing it through you. Children's ministry. We have had it explode. Cliff Shanklin, Jamie Shanklin, the Brueggemans, the, the Cattles, the, uh, uh, Doug and, 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 and Gail and, and the Dillinghams. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I have a trouble, uh, a lease. And, and Ryan and so many others that are pouring their lives and Jan uh, into our kids. Um, we're going to be breaking into three age groups rather than two. 
Uh, we have a desire to do children's ministry uh, ever more age appropriate. Our goal for each weekend children's service is to unpack the gospel and create an environment that is educational, inspirational, and enjoyable. We want to capture your children's imagination, intrigue them, and set them on a course of discovery of Jesus Christ. We're going to be we conducting background checks on all current and future children's volunteers to ensure the safety of our kids. We want to de develop continuity. Um, we're going to, um, what you see up there is going to be so incredible because we know there are a lot of young families who, who need Christ, and, and a lot of that is needing uh, their kids to be growing and blessed. Uh, in small groups, life is meant to be shared. We're going to keep pushing forward. That's why at Bethany, we've encouraged people to do that. How many we got now? 16? 60? No, groups. Le more than 15, less than 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We want to double the number of small groups by taking leaders who have uh, been successful and start doing it. Uh, and start other groups. We want to have regular testimonies on Sundays uh, for people who are being blessed there. We want to increase small groups' missionality. One, this year, we're going to celebrate everything. We're going to be celebrating out in the community. You're going to get texts and tweets and emails and Facebook posts about people having babies, people getting new jobs, people doing, uh, getting engaged and getting married, whatever it is. Whatever it is, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to celebrate out in the community, and we're going to find different places to do it, whether it's the Trough Bar or Palisades or the park or whatever. We're going to come together. We're going to invite our friends because we want to be about celebrating and supporting, and people are going to see our love for each other and want to want part of that. We want that. So we're going to be celebrating everything outside the church. Um, uh, at this point, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to dismiss uh, if, you're, if you're not a voting member, um, you can take care of that. You can, we're going to have college lunch for you. Um, we're going to be voting on the budget and the Constitution. Um, and so we're going to take care of that. Before we do, CL and, uh, and Phyllis Shanklin, I'd ask you to stand. This is our last Sunday with CL and Phyllis. If you have never been hugged by Phyllis, do that today. They are loving, faithful, beautiful God-anointed, spirit-filled people who have given to so many, so many times. Uh, you've eaten their food. You've been blessed by their encouragement, and they are moving to Grand Junction. And uh, that's our missionality. You're being sent to a new community. Keep doing the same work. We're never going to stop praying for you. We're never going to stop appreciating you or loving you. And uh, God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. We are back in Acts next week, turning 180 degrees. You don't want to miss it. This service is ended. Woo, thank God. But church is just getting started. If you're a member and you'll be voting on the budget and the Constitution, please stay. We'll get that taken care of.